We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. If you're interested in learning more about marketing, content creation, automation, websites, check out our webinars at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Suzanne Tuline brand clarity expert, international speaker, and author, Suzanne Tuline notices the variety of creative ways people are branding themselves, both consciously and unconsciously, but is a successful business brand that results of powerful marketing. When the hype subsides, what keeps a good brand going strong? What is the real secret to consistent brand growth and advocacy? With over two and a half decades of strategic communication, employee brand engagement, and inter- internal brand development, Suzanne's inside-out brand building strategy creates the clarity and actions ne- necessary for her clients to drive consistency, distinction, and advocacy long-term. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori. Good to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you here. We had met um, not too long ago in a, a fun little networking uh, meet up and I just absolutely loved everything you had to say. I just ate up all your words. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Well, you're one of those rare individuals that really understands the power of internal brand development. <laughs> well, it was, you definitely said some words that one resonated with me and two just really gave me a different perspective on brand. And I really appreciated that you shared that with me. So uh, like I said, I'm excited for our conversation today. So let's just dive right in. It's my understanding that one can really build a personal just as businesses build their brand. So let's start with the definition in your terms of personal brand. So a personal brand is really just a perception. It lives in the minds of the owner and eventually to its market. So it lives in my mind and your mind, Lori, and all of our audience's mind. It's based on experience and emotion and the, the, then the products and services um, of that experience, you know. So it's really all about perception. And when people realize that in the first seven seconds of contact with somebody else, others are forming 11 impressions of you through the sensory perceptions. So what do you want those perceptions to be? Oh, wow. There you go, dropping crazy perspective again. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, that when you said the first seven seconds of contact, that, yes, that that is very, very, um, I'd say to me, common knowledge in the branding marketing space, but the 11, um, uh, assumptions or, um, ideas yeah. about you that that's really kind of, and it totally makes sense actually. Um, right. We're, you know, we're human beings. So we are, our ability to perceive and begin to judge 
and perceive things uh, based on our own filters kicks in gear the moment we meet people, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, this was social capital is all about networking, right? So we can dig into what that means when you're out there networking, you know, that's really powerful to know and to get super clear on your personal brand value position and what you want others to begin perceiving from you right off the bat. And that is a very hard thing to do. Why would you say it's hard? I, I think it, I personally have struggled with this. I strive really hard okay. to, um, and I put a lot of time and energy into my own personal brand and I've, I've researched it a ton. Um, and I think that maybe it's probably a lot easier for others, but I find it challenging for myself because I, I would say I'm more of a, a Jill of all trades, master of some, <laughs> um, I, I like to dabble in a lot of different areas and I like to help everyone. So that's where I struggle with the clarity component of that. Well, let me, let me touch on that. If you don't mind, just sure. because we're there. Okay. Um, so a lot of people believe that it's what they do that they need to get clear on and position themselves on versus who they are and how they are being in that space. And to tell you the truth this is truth bomb, right? That the perception is not about really what you do for others, but how you go about doing it. That's why it's so powerful for each individual to get clear on who they are in that space, what makes them truly different, what they stand for in their value position, and their style and personality attributes and how they bring about what they deliver to the client. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, and, and the getting clear is, could easily be on how it's done. And that I, I am very clear yes. on. Yes. Um, what you bring about, Lori, is when you really understand who you are, Lori can be, you can be plucked out of your current position and put into another position in, you know, tomorrow. And you would still be Lori. You would just be delivering something a little different. But the way you go about delivering that end product or the service would still be from Lori. So that's really where the clarity should begin is how do you, because I can buy what you do from 100 million other vendors across the world wide web, right? So you might do it differently because of who you are being versus what you're actually delivering the end result of. Love it. I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the difference between marketing and branding. Can you bring some clarity to that? Absolutely. This is my favorite topic because um, <laughs> this is why I'm in business. When I do a lot of my workshops and trainings, that this is the big aha moment and it's one of my pet peeves as a brand expert is knowing that oftentimes marketing and branding are used in the same sentence for the same reasons and depicting the same meaning. And if I could just explain that you market a brand. Mm -hmm. So marketing is this verb. It's this thing you go out and you disseminate and communicate information or the message of the brand. And if you haven't yet fully defined the brand, 
and you're out there spending money marketing, what are you actually marketing? So the brand is actually that perception. Have I stopped and defined those pieces and parts that help create the value position perception that I want others to have of what it is that I do and who I am. So think of the effort for branding is really about the effort in assigning meaning, assigning meaning to what that brand stands for. And that's what the book is all about. That's what my whole last basically 30 years of of being in this industry has been, is to help the client identify, define, and then align themselves into that value position so that they can become what they want to be known for. And that alignment is a big piece. It's, that's about the, the experience, the delivery, the follow through, the vernacular you use, your messaging, all of that is walking the talk, basically. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love it. I love how you stated that marketing is a verb and there's, that is, it's, it's, Uh it's an action word. (laughs) It's definitely something, but you definitely have to have clarity on what it is that you're marketing. Um, Yeah. So I'm really excited about this next question because this is a pain that I've seeing more and more frequently today. Um, And I don't know if it's simply because of the crazy world that we're living in, um, where there are, there's a lot of rebranding going on. There's mergers and acquisitions happening. Um, But how do you brand multiple sub-brand companies under a bigger corporate brand? That's a great question. And I've, I've had the opportunity to do that several times and it, it seems really complicated, but when you understand that there's this mothership brand that should espouse a set of core values that all the other um, sub, let's call them sub brands, should operate under. So it's, it's this section of the brand DNA process where we uncover those core values. And that set of core values should be uh, fluid and infused throughout all of the other brands to be a part of that mothership. But the caveat here is each of those sub-brands can then have a, a value or have a set of personality attributes, a collective set of personality attributes. So that means that you may have a, a really fun, um, out maybe it's an outdoorsy, uh, love the environment sort of uh, personality of a sub-brand, maybe it's a product or a company within this this bigger mothership. And then you might have something that's a a bit more luxurious or high-end product that's still under that same company. And those two sub-brands will have different personalities, but they will espouse the same values of the mothership brand, so to speak. So there's that connection, there's that link, there's still that um, resonance from the, the value position of the buyer, knowing that this mothership brand is this basic company, this, this named company. Uh, it's hard not to have like a name of a company um, to, to really talk about the example, 
but you know, you could look at Apple and all the different sub brands that they they're sure. into right now, yep. including, you know, electric vehicles, right? They're, yeah. they're starting to get into that along with Google. They have multiple types of, they've got their fingers in so many different things, mm-hmm. but the value construct of the mothership company is really uh, what's the glue, the coherence that keeps them all um, in alignment with that particular promise, the brand promise. Sure. Kellogg's was the first thing that came to mind oh, when, okay. when you said that, because um, obviously I have tons of different brands and and it, it, it's simple actually to see the personality of each individual cereal <laughs> you know, yeah. that they have yeah. and, and who they're targeting, who they're speaking to, the value proposition of that, you know, specific um, sub-brand. Um, but so at the- you believe in that main corporate brand, you believe in the Kellogg company, mm-hmm. right? Then mm-hmm. anything that they put out, you have a level of faith and trust in. Yeah. Yeah. You make it sound so simple. <laughs> <laughs> <That's my job. laughs> yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, it is, it, it, that does require a lot of time to really flesh it out, but Taking yeah. that in time and making that investment is going to reap so many more rewards down the road than not doing that. Is well, that you're right. Because when you get more conscious, strategic, and deliberate in who you are as a brand, then that enables you and your employees to align with it and walk the talk, which builds trust, which is one of the three most powerful attributes of a successful brand, trust. When you begin to put that level of trust in everything that you do and you're in alignment with what you say you are, that builds brands exponentially. Absolutely. I love it. Um, well, let's talk about networking a little bit. And obviously your brand, your personal brand is a huge component of building relationships. But mm-hmm. my goal with this show is to really alleviate any fears that anyone may have when they when they hear that word networking. So Suzanne, can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Well, I was invited to go to a small group of um, women who supported franchise, uh, the, the franchise industry, so to speak. And because I was new, I was able to um, get like two more minutes in my, um, you know, what I call a, a, a brand identity statement. It's your elevator pitch. Sure. And within that, those two minutes, this was on the fly. I had no idea that they were going to ask me to do this. Within that two minutes, I got one of my biggest clients from just getting super clear on what it is that I delivered to that particular market. At the time, I I was very conscious that I was in a room full of um, women who ran franchises, and that was the topic or the theme. So I had to, on the fly, really adjust what my value position was to the franchise market. And when you know your stuff and you're crystal clear on who you are, you can do that. And in a heartbeat, within two minutes, you can land big time clients. It's it's a really powerful thing to spend time on and get clear on. Oh, wow. That's Again, you make it sound so easy. And I know a number <laughs> of people, um, I like how you say it, it's a brand identity statement. I, I've always heard it referred to as your elevator pitch, your 30 second commercial or whatnot, but to um, adjust it in such a short time period to really speak to the audience 
that is impressive. I'm sure it, it, that's not something you can just do overnight. There's probably some learning involved in that. Well, I think again, you know, getting clear on what you offer and then just, um, you know, shifting your vernacular to the ears of the people that are there and what they want to hear, you know, that you're going to this event, right? So you're driving down the highway and you're thinking, wow, you know, what do they want? What are they looking for? What are their pain points? And you get those conscious in your head and top of mind, then on the fly, You're just doing a little bit of your own homework, you know, as you're going to this event and prepare yourself to really target those people that you're networking with. Otherwise, um, why are you going? Yeah. You know, if you don't prepare yourself to do. So let's talk about nurturing your network a little bit. How do you stay in front of and best nurture the relationships that you've been creating? Well, I am quite the networker. Um, I love getting out there and meeting people. I love speaking. So I do a lot of that to networking groups. I also have a newsletter that I send out. I'm on social media almost every day in terms of posting something in Mm -hmm. some um, social media realm. There's so many, you know, um, mediums right now. And I also have a YouTube channel and I create, um, I have a series now I started called 90 seconds of personal brand clarity. And these are short snippets and tips and techniques to, um, get more top of mind with your brand and ways to do that. Um, from my book specifically, my personal brand clarity book. Mm-hmm. And I also have a series called, um, brand bites. I started several years ago and this is about three minutes and it digs in a little bit deeper with some examples of, of um, branding tips and techniques that I run. So people who subscribe to that, it's called personal brand clarity on YouTube. Then they'll get all the new um, notices of, of my new. So that's, that's nurturing a little bit, but I, I just like to be out there. I like, Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready to be. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so you have to get in that mindset. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a, absolutely a fan of leveraging uh, various marketing channels, social media, newsletters, speaking engagements, um, your book. I think those are great assets to, to nurture your network. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, but that's really um, a one-way communication to some extent. Mm-hmm. So um, what kind of feedback are you getting from these activities? I'm getting referrals. Okay. I'm getting people joining my, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, I'm getting responses, a lot of responses back from my email newsletters saying that they enjoy the story or they appreciate that tip or what they did with that tip. So that's, that's really, uh, I've, I've never really experienced that in the past, but recently I've been doing that or getting, awesome. that. yeah, that's great to hear. Um, what advice would you offer that professional who's really looking to grow their network? You know, I think that from the inside out, which is always where I start, it's never about the doing. It's always about the being first. And until you get super clear on who you are as a brand, a personal brand, and get consistent in building that trust in your value position. So once you figure out what your value position is and you talk about it on a regular basis, it, you may sound like a broken record to yourself, but it's reinforcement to your market when you do that. And when you're even net, out there networking in person, constantly say the same things. 
so that people get to know they carve out that superpower that you have, that you're super good at, and that you are the go-to expert in your industry for that. So it's really about staying consistent. Being the second thing is being authentic. And this is authentic to who you are. And I always say in my workshops, you cannot be authentic when you don't know who you are yet. So it's literally impossible. Who are you authentic to, right? But when you do the work, then you have something to step into and stay aligned with. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's always distinction. You know, what is it that makes you different than your your closest competitor? You maybe localize it and see what your closest competitor is in uh, your area. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Suzanne, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Wow. I would, I would probably tell myself to start asking for the sale sooner. You know, really just get, get in that confident space that you can solve that problem and ask for the sale. I learned this, um, it, it, you know, 20 years goes by before you really get the feel for uh, your level of expertise and feeling comfortable. But I, I probably should have done that earlier. But now I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, I can appreciate that a ton. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, you kind of reflect back and go, what, would things have been differently if I did this instead of that? Suzanne, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? Well, I want to know, since you're in this podcast um, arena with the, this title and this theme, Social Capital, what is your, if you wanted to yell something off the top, tallest mountain you could find to your perfect market, if they would just know this or just do this, it would help them tremendously. What is it that you want to tell them from the mountain? <sighs> <laughs> I, I didn't give you that one before so oh that's a great you always ask some fascinating questions <laughs> oh boy um from a from the business sense I would say that there are no secret recipes anymore and mm-hmm. you, you need to show your expertise and, and tell share the recipe. And that's, what's going to prove that you are the best resource for your ideal customer. Yeah. These, these get rich quick things, you know, I'm so tired of seeing them and being lured into these um, processes that really aren't anything new Mm -hmm. and substandard. And it's really about you doing the work yourself, really doing, getting that clarity in and understanding your value position and, and being committed to be the expert. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. And, and it's really, um, yeah, those, the, the get rich quick stuff is really quite annoying and mm-hmm. it, it's everywhere. It's Facebook ads, it's, it's LinkedIn it private messages, it, you know, it's just, it's inbox <laughs> overwhelm. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, the reality is, is you have to, you have to do the hard work if and you have to, prove that you're the expert at the end of the day. 
you know, and when you go about that doing, you become that. I mean, you really become that. (laughs) So the work is not for, you know, not, it's for actually becoming the expert. So it's really powerful. I agree a hundred percent. And really at the end of the day, it's, I'm a big advocate of practicing what we preach with regards to, you know, from a, a B2B marketing standpoint. And um, it took me a little while to figure that out, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it's like, if, why would people hire me if I'm not eating the medicine that I'm dishing out? So, exactly. I um, see that so much. Oh, I see that the lack of that so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, that was a fun question. Thank you for asking me that. (laughs) Do you have any final words of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Again, I would just go back to um, knowing your value position and live it consistently. And the way to do that is find that process, find that way to flush that out. And which is, you know, why I wrote the book, Personal Brand Clarity. So when you get more confident in that space, you can conquer anything and, and sales becomes so easy. It's really not an effort. I love it. That's great. Um, Suzanne, I know that you have an offer for our listeners. If you can share that as well as your contact details in the event, anyone was interested in getting in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. I have a personal brand Kickstarter toolkit that is on the website. You go to brandascension.com. Just enroll. It's completely complimentary and you get three or four items and pieces like assessment tools, a personal brand assessment tool. Um, You get a multi-sensorial sort of uh, exercise that helps you really begin to think through your value position and create it at a very multi-sensorial level. And um, a couple of other things, my entire six myths of small business branding book, which is pretty powerful. Um, but if you enroll, get get those automated emails and, and really begin to understand and dig in. And if you like what you're seeing, you'll be invited also to look at the book, of course, on Amazon, Personal Brand Clarity. And I have an online course that is for those listeners who like to learn more kinesthetically. They like the audio, the visual, the downloadable workbook, those types of things to walk you through step by step. Love it. I think that's great. Um, definitely recommend checking that out. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Suzanne. Lori, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And let's stay in touch. Okay. Absolutely. I could hear you talk all day long. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Susan for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, check out our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search for Social Capital Network. If you're interested in learning more about some marketing activities and, and getting educated on this topic, Go to keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. Want to just reach out to me? Shoot me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.